The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumblings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. It is officially NFL Draft Week. We made it. Normally, this would be a time of great excitement for a lot of Buffalo Bills fans, but with the Bills picking at number 30, uh, I think the buzz has been a little bit muted. Anthony Marino did a whole podcast about this on Breaking Buffalo Rumblings earlier this week about how it just kind of feels like there's not really a a lot of buzz going around. And picking so late, it's, um, it's delayed a lot of our conversations around, you know, specific prospects we like or, you know, kind of seeing how the boards were going to shake out and where folks were going to end up. But I think some of that is starting to come into focus. You know, it's been a weird offseason because of the lack of the combine, the lack of scouts being in a lot of buildings during the season. So it's just kind of taken a while for it to shake out. And I think we're going to see a lot of major surprises um, in the draft because of all the differing opinions, whether it's medical, whether it's, you know, people's, you know, character issues or whatever it happens to be where scouts are, you know, just getting information in from different sources and those different sources may not have built a consensus yet. So lots of really fun and exciting discussion over the next several weeks, I'm sure. I wanted to remind you that you can submit your questions for our future episodes right after the Bills draft at 716-508-0405. That's our voicemail line. You can also text that number. You can email us, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com, Twitter at rumblingsq&a. You can send Facebook and Instagram messages to the official Buffalo Rumblings accounts, and those will make their way to me as well. This podcast releases on April 27th, Tuesday, and that just happens to coincide with the day the Buffalo Bills make their pick in the 2021 NFL Writers Mock over at SB Nation. So we're going to announce our pick here as well as the thought process behind it, and then all that stuff will go live over at buffalorumblings.com throughout the day with a lot of background information as well. So let's start with kind of where the board sits when the Buffalo Rumblings team is on the clock at pick number 20 or so we started focusing in on about five players that we really really liked who are still available you know we didn't get into any conversations about jc horn because he went 13th overall 
we didn't get talk about uh, Jalen Phillips. He went 16th overall. Even Najee Harris went 18th overall to the Miami Dolphins. So we didn't really have that conversation about those players. But I got Dan Lavoy and Andrew Griffin and uh, Bruce Nolan on the phone. And we just kind of hashed out who our top five players left at pick 20 were. And they were defensive end Quiddy Pay from Michigan. Cornerback Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. Edge Aziz Olujari from Georgia. Linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame. And cornerback Greg Newsom from Northwestern. Uh, so the Buffalo Bills were sitting there with their big board and just watching what was happening around. Uh, Pay went 21st to the Colts. Kind of disappointing for us, but we didn't feel like we wanted to trade up to, say, 20 with the Chicago Bears because it was going to take too much to get him, and there's some question marks with him. Uh, after Pay goes 21st, uh, Farley goes 23rd to the New York Jets. Olujari went 26th to the Cleveland Browns. And so we had two of our five players still left on the board. But at number 28, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa goes to the New Orleans Saints, which means we only had one player left on our board that we all felt comfortable with spending a first-round pick on, and that was Greg Newsom, the cornerback from Northwestern. So we gave our Green Bay Packers friends a call and said, hey... We've got one player with a first round, first round grade left on our board. Would you let us trade up one pick so nobody else gets the chance? We offered them pick number 174 from the fifth round to move up one spot, and they declined. Tex Western, the Packers editor-in-chief over at Acme Packing Company, said that Green Bay has an urgent long-term need at cornerback, and after the top four guys in the class, Newsom is the only other player we feel is an ideal fit for the Packers and worthy of a first-round pick. Most of our other first-round targets were gone, so Newsom is the player we had targeted for a few picks. If anything, we'd move up to draft him, not wait at 29. So because their tackles and wide receivers were gone, they didn't really feel comfortable passing on their last first-round pick grade. And that makes a lot of sense. So they took the guy that we were going to take which was pretty disheartening for us. Uh, so we're on the board at pick 30, and we don't have any players with a first-round grade anymore. So what did we do? We decided to open it up to trade down possibilities. That became our preferred method. So I opened it up. I sent an email to all of the SB Nation NFL writers, especially those in the top, you know, 10 picks in the second round saying, hey, who wants to move up and um, make us an offer? So we got one phone call, and it was from the New York Giants. The Giants wanted to take a pass rusher. They liked the pass rushers that were still left on the board more than uh, we did over at Buffalo Rumblings. And so they offer, I offered them um, our first round pick and both of the fifth round picks for the Giants' second and third round picks at number 42 and 76 overall. They declined that because they didn't want to go all the way from pick 30 to pick 116 without making a selection. So I changed the offer slightly. We got 42 and 116, which was their fourth round pick, in ex plus a 2022 third round pick 
for number 30. So we only had to give up the one pick, 30, move down 12 spots uh, to pick up an extra fourth rounder where the Bills don't have a pick this year and a 2022 third round pick. Now that's going to allow us the opportunity to move up in the third or second round this year. It's going to offer us an opportunity to draft you know, a suitable player next year in 2022. So I felt like it was a good trade for us. And I think that the New York Giants would have been okay with that pick. Uh, most of their fans were not okay. They posted this over at Big Blue View earlier this week. And their fans did not like that trade. They were kind of in the same boat that a lot of us are, is that if all those defensive ends have warts, why wouldn't you just wait and take the one at 42 instead of trading valuable assets to go up to 30? And that's essentially what my draft room was saying. Uh, Dan, Griff, and Bruce are all like, if guys aren't great prospects, if they're not first-round prospects, why are we spending a first-round pick on them? And so the Giants fans really had that kind of same thought process. So in that kind of trade-down scenario, we would have ended up with two second-round picks, a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, two fifth-round picks, a sixth-round pick, a seventh-round pick, plus a 2022 third-round pick. So we would have had a full draft complement this year, plus an extra third-rounder next year. Uh, with this draft capital, we would have stayed put at pick 42 and taken the best defender left on our board, cornerback or defensive end. Um, and the, the guy we ended up taking at pick 30 may very well have been available still at pick number 42. So we'd prefer not to spend a first round pick on a guy we had a second round grade on, someone with you know, things that they had to improve on. Once we made the pick at 42, we would then start working the phones to get up from pick 61 into the top 50, um, trading say, you know, the the 2022 first rounder from the Giants or our own 2022 uh, third rounder to move up to say 49 to sneak ahead of the Miami Dolphins, the Indianapolis Colts, Steelers, Chiefs, Browns, and Saints. A lot of those teams have similar needs to the Bills and also some of them are of course competing directly with the Bills for supremacy in the AFC. So using that 2022 third round pick plus pick 61, the Bills could get to 49 and take the defensive end that they liked the best or the cornerback that they liked the best that was still on the board that they didn't address at pick 42 and ending up with two top 50 picks guys that don't necessarily need to start in 2021 but can get some valuable experience in 2021 maybe be ready for the playoff run at the end of the season but also be ready to step into a, a more major role in 2022 I think was the goal for our draft class. And so we ended up with two contributors. Um, plus we have a third round pick coming up and a fourth round pick to pair with it to move up in the third round. If we see a guy that we like is falling, another one of our second round grades is falling. We can trade up and get that guy or just sit tight and draft some depth pieces in the third and fourth rounds. So that's kind of where it all sets up. But in the SB nation writers mock, we had to stay put at pick 30. So all of those trade conversations were unofficial as far as the writer's mock goes, but they were good thought pieces. And we were talking with te other teams, you know, representatives from other teams. It wasn't a hypothetical trying to trade on, you know, the, the NFL Draft Network website or whatever it happens to be. These are actual people with actual needs for their team trying to do what's best for their team. And so we ended up having to pick at pick number 30 with our top five players off the board. 
after this quick break, I'm going to talk you through how we came to our decision and who we took. So don't go anywhere. To recap what I said earlier in the podcast, at pick 20, we had a list of five players. We still had a first round grade on and matched up with our best player available. Uh, defensive end Quiddy Pay, cornerback Caleb Farley, edge rusher Aziz Olujari, linebacker Jeremiah Owusa Koromoa, and cornerback Greg Newsom. By the time the Buffalo Bills were on the clock at pick 30, all of them were picked, including three in the last four picks. This board could not have fallen worse for what we wanted to do as the Buffalo Bills in this mock draft. And that really stinks for us, but we had to make a pick. So I talked to Dan, Griff, and Bruce and had them make their top five lists of players. Griff gave me his list, Bruce gave me his list, and Dan gave me one or two names. There was only one name that was on both Griff and Bruce's list, and that was Asante Samuel Jr. He was not on the short list that Dan initially gave me of just two players. So I asked Dan, if I made you make a five-person list or a six-person list, would Asante Samuel be on your short list? And he said yes. So of the three pl- of the three guys that are in my draft, you know, inner circle here, Griff was the only one that had Samuel as his top-rated player. The other guys just had him on that top five list. But none of the other lists had, you know, the same player, even remotely close. One per- one guy would have a player on his list that was you know, 15, 20, maybe 30 picks later for another one of my draft guys. So what I decided to do as the Buffalo Bills general manager in the 2021 SB Nation NFL Writers Mock Draft was we decided to pick Florida State cornerback Asante Samuel Jr. He was the consensus pick, even though he wasn't necessarily the top pick for, for two of my three draft advisors, but he's a position of need. He's a guy that comes from a very strong pedigree, both at Florida State and from his dad, Asante Samuel. And it just felt like the pick that might that would work best for the Bills. There are too many question marks with some of those other players. So Samuel can be opposite of Tredavious White for the next four years. Even if the Bills change up their scheme a little bit, he can move inside. He has that flexibility to be a slot cornerback. This gives the Buffalo Bills an opportunity to really match up a lot better with some of the passing offenses around the NFL. As the Bills already have a stacked offense, we really didn't consider grabbing a running back here or a wide receiver. It was really came down to those two positions, defensive end and cornerback. If somebody had stuck out like a sore thumb on our board, that might have changed the conversation. But like I said, all of our first round grades were off the board. So we went with best player available at a position of need for the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have gotten by with average corner play from Levi Wallace, Josh Norman, EJ Gaines. Um, I'm blanking on his name. (laughs) Kevin Johnson. That's his name. Uh, They've been getting by with just plugging in players or has-beens or 
you know, undrafted free agents. And so I think this really upgrades their coverage unit you know, from top to bottom. Having Levi Wallace as your third cornerback is a great place to be. Having Dane Jackson as your fourth cornerback is a great place to be. Because teams spread you out so much, you need to have depth at that position. You still have Taron Johnson in the slot, and he's limited. So now maybe Dane Jackson gets to challenge him a little bit on the slot cornerback route. I think it just makes your coverage overall better across the board. And that's really what we were going for here affecting the other team's quarterback, in this case with coverage. And so we went with Asante Samuel Jr. Now we're still going to keep trying to work the phones to trade up and draft one of those pass rushers that is still there but has warts or needs room to improve or, or, or. But that's the position that they're going to have to you know, really address a year from now. So having a couple developmental prospects in AJ Epinesa and whoever we are able to select in the second round, even if it means trading up a little bit, I think it's an appropriate move for the Buffalo Bills to take that cornerback first and then get one of those developmental defensive ends uh, secondly. And then even if you do have to address it with another major asset in 2022, say Jerry Hughes retires and Mario Addison leaves and you're left with two second round defensive ends like at least you have a solid base that you can add maybe it's a, a free agent unlikely based on the Bills salary cap situation with uh, Tremaine Edmonds and Josh Allen but maybe it's your first round pick a year from now and I've I mean I've been banging the corner for the Bills to draft an edge rusher for in their with their first pick for it seems like years now uh, before they traded the pick for Stephon Diggs. That's who I wanted them to take last year. I've wanted them to take a defensive end this year. Just at 30, it's a lot more difficult. So, I mean, we want to be able to affect the other team's quarterback. Uh, Dan Morgan said something very similar to that when he was on the podcast with Eric Wood. Brandon Bean, Bill's general manager, said something very similar to that when he was being interviewed before the draft last week. We want to be able to affect the other team's quarterback. We want to do what the Buccaneers were able to do to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. We want to be able to dictate what happens to the other team's quarterback. Protect your quarterback, dictate to the other team's quarterback. That's how you win in the NFL right now. So we went cornerback with our first pick, hoping to get to a defensive end with our second pick to solidify the Buffalo Bills passing defense heading in to the 2021 season. Head over to buffalorumblings.com to share your thoughts on everything I just said. There's a series of articles that are going to be dropping on Tuesday that kind of explain everything I just explained from the trade-up proposition to the trade-down proposition, the Bills are on the clock, and then finally the Bills take Asante Samuel Jr. Before I go, I wanted to make sure that I pointed you over to our YouTube channel. We've got some great, great content over there this week. Earlier this week, uh, Jay Spence the King had former Bills personnel director Jim Manos on his show, and he talks a lot about you know, Rex Ryan, Doug Marone, Sean McDermott, Doug Whaley, his time with the New Orleans Saints, his time with the Philadelphia Eagles. What's going on in those draft rooms right now? He tells great stories. Uh, he talks a lot about strategy and 
a lot of the things I said about affecting the quarterback. Um, he also echoes. So there's just some really great takes over on that podcast. Go to youtube.com slash Buffalo Rumblings and you'll find that. Jay Spence also has uh, CJ Spiller on this week to talk about the draft process and college prospects transitioning to the NFL and a whole bunch of other stuff. Make sure you check that out. Uh, John Fina, former Buffalo Bills offensive lineman, is going to be on the YouTube channel later this week with Joe Miller on their show. Just a ton of great content over on the YouTube channel. As always, you can follow us over there. Subscribe. Hit the subscribe button over there. That's really going to help us out when folks search for Buffalo Bills content on YouTube. Uh, It goes a lot of the time off of the subscriber numbers, and so you should follow us over there to help us reach more people over there. As always, you should also like and subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network on your favorite podcast app leave us a review over in the apple itunes store that helps other people find us as well Uh, tell a friend about all the cool stuff that you're listening to at the buffalo rumblings accounts that's really going to help us spread the word and be able to reach more bills fans head over to buffalo rumblings.com during draft week we've got right at the top of the page all of our nfl draft coverage in one link is right at the top of the page that you can click on and get all of our news, notes, opinions, information about the 2021 NFL Draft and the Buffalo Bills right there. Just a lot of great ways for you to get information that you need. As always, you can call into our show at 716-508-0405. You're probably going to have a lot of questions after the draft, and I would love to take them. You can leave us a voicemail at 716-508-0405. You can text that number as well from your phone tweet us at rumblings q and a email us buffalo rumblings at sbnation.com facebook and instagram messages over to the buffalo rumblings official accounts will make their way to me as well so it's been great chatting with you about the 2021 nfl writers mock over at sb nation uh, hopefully we did okay and as always go bills